Do you love what you hear on the podcast? Please go to Buy a Cup of Coffee. The Radio Horror link is in the show notes, or it's on top of the Twitter page. Or you can just go to buymeacupofcoffee.com backslash Radio Horror. And you can help support Goth Girl Horror and the other podcasts here on the Radio Horror Network. Donations go towards cloud service and new equipment. Thank you. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official Hack Slash podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am your co-host, Charcy Lux. And tonight, we are talking about the one-shot crossover with Moonstone Publishing, Hack Slash Zombie versus, Zombies versus Cheerleaders, which if you've been on the Hack Slash Goth Girl Horror Twitter account, I have been posting the many different covers. This is one of those comic book series that has a ton of covers to it, so I am going to continue posting a lot of covers to the various Zombies vs. Cheerleaders comic books as we go along. And we'll get into the, some of the history of Zombies vs. Cheerleaders a um, little later on in the show, as I'm not entirely familiar with this book, and I don't think you were either, correct? I have read it. Uh, after reading it, I was quickly reminded, uh, obviously, I think when I sent you the picture, with the, Vlad with his little coffee cup, I'm like, yep, I do remember this now. <laughs> but have you read the Zombie vs. Cheerleaders books? Not separate. the actual books, no. Ah, uh, yeah, see, neither have I. And I, don't, and, I, and I tried to track down the creator, and I wasn't able to find him, but it definitely, the artwork and the, all the various covers lends itself to, like, you know, Super duper sexy cheerleaders in high school mm-hmm. it, versus like cannibalistic zombies with their body parts falling apart. So either <laughs> you have women with their clothes coming off, or you know, and I'm assuming all these cheerleaders are over 18, they're high school seniors. Uh, we can assume <laughs> that. <laughs> you ever notice at the beginning of certain, <laughs> I'd say, uh, entertaining material, they always put the disclaimer that any and all characters portrayed within are over the age of 18? <laughs> You know, it's happening nowadays more often than not. So. Right, right. Uh, they do that with uh, certain anime cartoons as well to let everyone know that these are all high school seniors who are over 18. <laughs> so please don't judge them. They can be in high school. Se- they can be high school seniors forever. I mean, if Maggie could be a baby for 25 years, then guess what? <laughs> you know what? I was literally going to bring that up. So perfect example. <laughs> But we're going to dive right into this uh, episode of Zombies Cheerleaders crossover, and Charcy has the plot synopsis for us. All right. We have Hack Slash Zombies vs. Cheerleaders, story by Stephen L. Frank, artwork by Benjamin Glendini, colors by Joseph Baker, letters by Bill Moss, inside front cover by Bill Moss, edited by Stephen L. Frank, Hack Slash created by Tim Seeley, Zombies vs. Cheerleaders, created by Stephen L. Frank, publisher Moonstone, and the original publishing date was June 2011. And we open up to a scene in a high school locker room where a young football player is getting a shot of something. He feels ill and starts to change into a foaming-at-the-mouth green monster. Turned into a zombie, perhaps? The next scene shows Cassie and Vlad sitting in a coffee shop in Seattle, Washington, using the Wi-Fi. She ends up calling Chris, who sends them on a job to a town close to Tacoma. There have been a lot of cases of missing students from the area, so Cassie and Vlad get to go undercover at the high school. 
They managed to talk their way into becoming students. While walking through the hallway on their way to their classes, Vlad is spotted by the high school football coach, who immediately asks him to be a part of the team. Before they leave each other, Cassie even teases Vlad to stay out of trouble. But the next drawing shows her at the principal's office for antagonizing her physics teacher. She tries to use that opportunity to ask questions about the missing students, but he wouldn't tell her anything. After leaving the principal's office, Cassie makes her way through the hallway and ends up overhearing a conversation between the head cheerleader and her coach. The coach wants the cheerleader, Amber, to recruit more diversity into the squad, and once she finds Cassie eavesdropping, she forces her to be a cheerleader or she'll be suspended. The greatness between Cassie and Amber's cheerleading relationship starts here. Cassie is given a uniform and introduced to the rest of the squad. She tries talking to the girls about the missing students to get information, but ends up feeling freaked out about the lunch lady instead, who she actually yells at and gets sent to the principal's office yet again. While she is stuck at his office, the next scene shows someone feeding a zombie human flesh. Later on during football practice, the coach makes a strange remark to Vlad about HGX working for him, but he doesn't have a clue what the coach is talking about. After practice, Cassie and Vlad end up sleeping in their van in the high school parking lot where they see the coach show up late at night dragging what looks to be a body behind him. Dressed in very little, they take off after him with their bat and knife. When they catch up to him, he claims that the body is a tackle dummy. Only because Vlad is his new MVP, he says he won't kick them out of school. However, after he leaves Vlad and Cassie, he opens the tackle dummy to reveal that a corpse is inside. He cuts up the body and feeds it to a zombie he has hidden away. Cassie doesn't trust the coach, and she wants to reveal to the principal how suspicious he is. But in the end, she knows she can't say anything, or she and Vlad will get kicked out of Ryan High. So Vlad comes up with a plan. He goes to talk to the coach, but ends up at gunpoint when he starts to question him about HGX. Turns out the gun is a tranquilizer gun, and Vlad gets shot in the forehead and paralyzed for a short amount of time. The coach wheels Vlad to the room where he's been hiding his secret. He reveals that his whole family has been turned into zombies by his oldest son after he gave him a shot of HGX. <laughs> Cassie shows up with a hockey stick to stop the coach, but he releases his family of zombies onto Cassie and Vlad, and Cassie begins pushing Vlad away from the zombies. They end up in the gym where Amber and the cheerleaders are holding practice. Cassie starts to fight the zombies as they enter the gym. But then she is pleasantly surprised by the fact that the cheerleaders begin to help her and they beat the shit out of them too. Also reminding Cassie that you have to go for the head to kill a zombie. After slap-shotting one of the zombies' heads off and yelling, Go team! Cassie finds out that the girls have experience with zombies, like the title entails. The issue closes with Cassie announcing that she's dropping out of school and wants a good cup of coffee. The multiple covers for this comic book, I'm trying to bring them up right now because there's one, two, three, four, five covers for this issue, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Cover B, I think, has, uh, why isn't there a cover? Okay, the cover A is the Tim cover. Okay, so cover, mm-hmm. okay. So cover A has Cassie and a blonde cheerleader. Uh, she's holding a shotgun. Blonde cheerleader is throwing her pom-poms up in the air with the zombie behind him and Cassie, uh, sorry, and Vlad in the, up, in the lower left-hand corner saying, Vlad approves. <laughs> cover B has Cassie like touching her lip in that oh I'm being cute kind of pose that you see I don't know what that's called but it's a pose I guess 
And she's in a, like, goth girl cheerleading outfit uh, with her bat down the throat of a zombie and a bunch of zombies behind her. Is that the cover you have? That is the cover I have. Oh, okay. I, I call that the, the booty pop pose, so. <laughs> okay, the booty pop pose. Gotcha. I guess she's showing you the booty. <laughs> I have the cover where she's writing on the chalkboard, I will not hack or slash in class, and she's turning to look at you with the um, tiny micro skirt panty clad and the zombie crawling through the window. And then the cover by the artist himself has the cheerleaders holding weapons or pom-poms. One is bending over for no apparent reason other than to show us that she has pink panties on. And Vlad is above them looking huge and hulking. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other cover has Cassie and the blonde cheerleader ready for battle. The the blonde cheerleader's uh, got a pom-pom with an axe in it and a bunch of zombies behind him. Well, then that's the best kind of pom And that's what I mean. There are tons and tons of fucking covers for this <laughs> one shot, which is, like, unbelievable. I do want to get that Cassie, uh, the Tim Seeley cover. But uh, then the interior page is, like, black and white, and it has Cassie in her underwear with Vlad behind her. But on the back of the comic book I have, it's a white cover with little cards to look like sketches, and it says sketch-friendly. And you can get sketches done on the back of your comic book. Oh, I see that too. Yep. And I don't think the white sketch cover had been introduced to the market yet. No. Or if it had, it was very low-key. Now it's like everywhere. Now every first issue, every anniversary issue has a white cover or a colored cover. If you pick up uh, Detective Comics number 1027, it's a blue cover. I know Amazing Spider-Man number 850 comes out next week is going to have a white cover. Well, that would be cool. Yes, definitely. So uh, the the person I wasn't able to track down, I believe, I think was uh, Stephen Frank. That's who I was not able to find. And there's, like, hardly anything on him on the Internet. Right. So, and I couldn't, I, I remember asking Tim about him, but he didn't have much information about him. Um, so, we, we after the initial zombie shows up all green, which, oh, by the way, so I brought this up, too. Did you know there's a Disney Channel TV series called Zombies and Cheerleaders? No, I did not know that. Yeah, there's two movies. Zombies and Cheerleaders go to the same high school. And the zombies are, like, barely zombies. Like, they have a little green makeup on them, but their eyes are green. <laughs> it's really dumb. <laughs> like a half attempt at zombies. Uh, but if you <laughs> type in zombies, zombies... If you type in zombies versus cheerleaders, you will get a plethora of sexy artwork, interior pages, but also just covers upon covers of, like, half-naked cheerleaders that borderlines, like, pornography. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I discovered that too. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen such sexy cheerleaders outside of like Hollywood cheerleaders or the porn industry, and they're like just barely inside these uniforms. Well, even me, just looking at the one issue itself for the zombies versus cheerleaders, there's uh, one of the blonde cheerleaders is like barely wearing anything with a giant axe, but she seems to have all this weird liquid just dripping all over her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That reminds me of a porno. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It is absolutely hilarious when they go to the coffee shop and Vlad is in his yellow slicker and he's got his oh, like tiny God, coffee yeah. and he's like tapping on the table furiously. And Cassie is like, how many coffees have you had? <laughs> one, why? <laughs> I absolutely love the way Cassie has drawn this entire time. Vlad is like, you know, the way Vlad is. He's black, he's gray, he's green, whatever. This time he's gray. But Cassie is is very cartoony. Like, the art is so indicative of a cartoon. 
and I just love the crude style of it, and it, it's perfect for Cassie's emotions throughout this entire issue. And I mean, the little quips and puns were just hilarious throughout the entire thing. <laughs> then they, 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 I guess they can enroll in high school because they look like high school kids. I mean, Cassie does look very young, and Vlad. Nobody questions the way he looks. <laughs> well, she kind of gets him enrolled into the special class, so... Although, I do love the line where before they went to the high school that she was trying to bring up, like, have you ever seen the movie Never Been Kissed? And Vlad's, of course, like, is the movie a film about you, her, her? <laughs> <laughs> I love the coach immediately is just like, you! You're going to come oh, play for me! <laughs> and uh, skipping down the hallway, oh, yeah. We know what he's celebrating. Exactly, exactly. Cassie then meets... Okay, so I don't know anything about any of the characters from this book, but who is the blonde cheerleader? Because she's apparently in the season a lot of the issues that I don't um, have access to. <laughs> Amber, I believe, is the main one. And, well, technically that was kind of the main joke, was that all her cheerleaders are blonde and perky-breasted and all this. But the main one is Amber. you got to have your standards when you uh, go out for the cheerleading squad, I guess. Well, and she says that's what the judge is like, so that's what she's going to do. And I'm not, I have never been a cheerleader. I did not date a cheerleader in high school. Did you, were you a cheerleader? Did you, did you know cheerleaders no. in high school? Were you friends with them? Were you, did you avoid I, them because they were vapid and fucking annoying? <laughs> I was semi-friend with one of them. Didn't know she was a lying, backstabbing bitch. So I tend to steer clear of that kind of personality. But yeah, no, <laughs> it was definitely not a cheerleader. Okay, just want to make sure. Maybe you were like, I thought maybe you would be like the Elijah Dushko cheerleader and she's, you know, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> The hot topic gothic girl in my school, so definitely not the cheerleader. Gotcha, gotcha. And they make the cheerleaders into semi porn stars on that TV series Riverdale. <laughs> oh my god, they do. <laughs> they definitely. Oh my god, it's like you know with the bras that they go through on that show just to make the breasts so perky. <laughs> it's like they're literally trying to bring a comic book to life, which is what mm -hmm. I give them credit for because that's literally what they're doing. Now, I can't bring up the image clearly, though, but apparently there is a cosplay issue of Zombies versus Cheerleaders. It says 2020 at the bottom of it, but the image is really distorted. But it has a woman on a balcony with a handprint on her ass. She's turning to look at you. It's by Serenity or something publications, um, and the city around her is in flame. But I guess this is on the Zombies versus Cheerleaders home uh, Facebook page right now. Huh. I'll definitely have to look that up. Yeah, so I guess it's still in publication or coming back. But uh, Which, she's not dressed like a cheerleader. She's just in her black bra and panties with a, you know, a, again, a giant handprint on her huge ass. <laughs> Which makes you wonder. It's like, well, what part of this is my cheerleader part? <laughs> That's what anyone says on a casting couch. <laughs> oh, my God, right? <laughs> But do you think there is a horrible stereotype in cheerleading that you have to look this fucking hot to be a cheerleader? Or oh, is it, like, required because that's the job? And, I mean, it's been all over movies and everything. That's what's been slammed down our throats. But, to be honest, there's a certain classification of people that want to be a cheerleader. So, I, it's a stereotype that's there and it might be stuck there. I don't know. 
Do you, do you are you offended by it? Do you think people should be offended by it? Especially if they allow men into cheerleading like they do a lot nowadays, because men have been involved in women in cheerleading in high school for a long time. But um, and I didn't even know that until again the aforementioned movie. She's all not. She's all that. Uh, well, I just said it. Bring it on. That it wasn't a thing for the longest time. Um, I'm not offended by it. I I love diversity, and I feel like men and women should be able to be like if men want to be cheerleaders and fine and I feel like if a woman wants to be a football player that's cool too but then again I'm not easily offended and to me that that should be something especially now that it's 2020 there's certain things that we shouldn't have these stereotypes but unfortunately we've grown up with these stereotypes for so long that it's like, how do we break free from them? I 100% agree that women can be football players, but I'm warning you, you need to be, you need to be built like a football player. Huh? If they get tackled by a 300 pound man. Oh yeah. That, that, that's going to do some damage. Yeah. Let's, let's use some common sense. Do not Mm -hmm. go out to become a football player. If you cannot get tackled by somebody who outweighs you by a hundred pounds. You're yeah. gonna get killed. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get put in traction, or, or I mean, God, at least death would be swift, but uh, paralyzed. <laughs> I would, I would rather be oh. dead than paralyzed. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm the exact same way. I never want to be a vegetable. Nope. And I'm uh, not criticizing anybody who is, you know, in a wheelchair or anything like that. But it just. Uh, I'm sure you adapt and things are great, but uh, man, that's just not something I want to worry about by putting myself yeah. into a situation I could have avoided. And as much as I'm for like women, men, sports being kind of mixed up or whatever, it's it's it, it, it's like boxing. You're not going to have a 300-pound person fight a 100-pound person. No, no. And they do that specifically for safety. <laughs> so it's it's one of those lines where it becomes, well, if they're not able to do that because of this, well, then they shouldn't. But once again, cheerleading is not a contact sport, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But these these are just issues that always seem to go on this merry-go-round of is it okay, is it not okay. The facial expressions throughout the comic book are absolutely amazing, and Cassie's yes. reaction to the lunch lady is, is very, leave me alone, you crazy whore, I'm sick of you haunting me. And she runs away, and she's absolutely terrified because it reminds her of her mother. That That's very yep. funny. Well, and I love the shadow behind the poor old lunch lady that it's her crazed mother. <laughs> and Amber says to Cassie, wow, girl, you look hot. I'd do you dinner and a movie first, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't that a cover? Why aren't the two of them making out on a cover as they're bashing in the brains of uh, of uh, the zombies? Of the zombies? Uh, they, they didn't play that out right. I no, mean. no, they didn't. They definitely did not. It's definitely like in the universe of a comic book that they're in that there's that much skin to win on the cheerleading squad because even in high school cheerleading, you they're a little bit more conservative. Oh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, not always, but sometimes. Um, I'm reminded of Sabrina. She's a cheerleader on that show, and her uniform is very conservative, considering how much sex is on that show. Yeah, that is very true. Well, maybe that's the part that they decided to be conservative about. <laughs> did you ever hear, did you ever watch that uh, CW cheerleading show? It's on the CW app seed right now. I don't think I have. It doesn't sound familiar to me. Probably worth skipping. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a cheerleader in the movie and then the first yes. few episodes of the TV series, but they decided not to continue that plot line on the TV show, and I don't know why. 
I, I'm wondering if it's because of the fact that her trying to work in the schedule and that. I, I don't know, because that was the biggest thing that when she was in the movie, that she was a cheerleader that killed vampires. So that is a good question. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I've watched all the bonus material for Buffy, but I, I don't know why. I don't know if they've, uh, you know, what what they, um, yeah, I don't know. It just It's kind of odd. But yeah, so yeah, moving on with the issue, Cassie goes to the principal's <laughs> office. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they saw the coach first because I know they were out in the van trying to sleep, and they see the coach dragging that quote-unquote body. But he tries talking them into the fact that it's a tackle dummy. But I, I love the crude drawings with these that Vlad in his boxers and Cassie just in their little pink panties and they're chasing after this guy with a bat and a knife. That is very funny that she goes running out in her panties, but that's very indicative of the character. I wasn't sure if her panties were like clipped on or something, but I realized those were little bow ties. Mm-hmm. I had to do a second take, too, and I'm like, oh, my God, Cassie with bows on her underwear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's revealed that he's turned his uh, family into zombies, and they're all, like, chained up in the basement, looking all hideous yeah. and, and disgusting like zombies should. Uh, yep, after they had made the plan, which I they still didn't really specify, because Vlad had said that he was the smart kid in his class and that he had a plan, but he just goes in and basically talks to the coach. So I'm wondering if the plan was that Cassie was going to sneak in with the hockey stick and knock him over the head. I don't know. The reveal that his entire family was turned into zombies and the fact that he releases them onto Cassie and Vlad and they have to run away but then it's even funnier that Cassie's got to wheel poor Vlad through this chair luckily it was a chair with wheels apparently and is reeling him through this school to get away from these zombies and then we cut right to the zombies versus cheerleaders it's like right there it's like the Mm -hmm. last two pages it's not the whole issue it's like these last two pages it's mostly hack slash, but yeah, and then you have the three blondes, and of course they have to kind of teach Cassie how to kill a zombie. Kind of three blondes, but like a blonde and two redheads maybe with the orange hair, kind of like Daphne and Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they, they do look like redheads, and I kept thinking the same thing too, but it's like it's only because of that scene with the coach where she says that all the girls are blondes on the team. That's the only reason why I'm calling them blondes. Very strange. Um, and then we get into the gory aspect of it with the zombies just being smashed into the ground and just, like, mm-hmm. torn apart and everything. Um, Cassie's, by the way, choker collar looks like a belt buckle around her neck. If you know it, now that you're pointing it out, that definitely looks like a little belt buckle. I have been in quite a few uh, cosplay group discussions and everything else and had cosplayers on the show, and they always love pointing out the fact that shirts do not have boob cups to them. The fabric stretches around the breast, and mm-hmm. the way comic book characters are drawn, it's like they're the shirts are drawn with like boob cups. <laughs> this is a perfect example of that, almost as if it was made with like breastplates to make right. it that way. They said costumes should be like um like a towel, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like wrapped around and and like even like you look at like Miss Marvel sometimes or Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers or whatever. Uh, her costume stretches over her breasts, 
Whereas in her original, like, old Miss Marvel costume, it used to do that, and then artists just started drawing breasts into the costume, because that's comic books, and that's the way comic books are supposed to be, and if you don't like it, don't read the comic book, it's not for you, it's not for everybody. If you're offended by it, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not the writer, and I'm not the artist. I find it entertaining and funny. Do I understand why people get upset by it? Yes, I'm not making fun of it, I'm just saying don't read the comic book. That's the point of it being a drawing, is the fact that it's not meant to be real to life or anything. It's supposed to be fantasy, that's what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, it's supposed to be fantasy, it's not supposed to be real. I mean, you think of a comic book called Zombies vs. Cheerleaders, it's going to lend itself to cheesy, cheeky TNA stuff. And I'm shocked Disney hasn't, like, gone... I mean, they're they're Disney. They're never going to go in anywhere that's not appropriate for young kids. But I guarantee there is adult, and by adult I don't mean pornographic, but like mature content, horror movie stuff or whatever. This would be perfect for a movie or, or an animated series even, just based on the drawings. Well, it's the perfect scenario for a B-rated horror movie. Right. And I think the, zombies. I think the closest we would ever come to this is probably High School of the Dead. Have you ever seen that anime? Yes. And how unbelievably cheeky, TNA, etchy is that? I was going to say, and they push the bounds on the sex in that one. So, yeah, there's no reason why we couldn't have another version of that with this. Right. And it's like the breasts are just like flopping around like crazy. And there's a whole episode where they're in like a bathhouse. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) And the girls all take a bath together. and The guys hang out outside, you know. I'd be thinking, it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic world, guys. Just go all in and jump in there. <laughs> it is unbelievable. There's an ad in the back of the comic book for Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, and Honey West, who I don't know who that is, but I do know who Sheena was, because there was a Sheena movie that introduced me to who she was, and I found out that she had this whole line of comic books, and uh, you know there was like two, three seasons of the show of a girl in a leopard bikini running around fighting poachers and stuff. She's a former Playboy model. I think it was Gina Lynn Nolan. I might have the name wrong, but you can look up Sheena Queen of the Jungle, and there have been multiple Sheena comic books and a couple Sheena uh, movies and TV series, where it's, again, woman, strong female character in leopard bikini. I was going to say, I'm like, it makes me think of, um, With the oh gosh. biggest calluses on the bottom of her feet, probably short oh, of Tarzan. You have to. And I, I remember that show, too, because it was an older show, right? Uh, there was an older movie, but there was also, there was also a, uh, 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 um, there, there was a movie or two. So there was an older movie, but then it was a two, there was a night, there was like a, an early 2000s TV series starring again, this former Baywatch Bay Playmore model. And I remember that now that you've been talking about it, I'm like, yeah, because if it would have been the early 2000s, I definitely remember it. Though. And she spoke English. She didn't speak like me, Jungle Girl, you, no, you know, no, no. no. They, 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 made, they, they only do that for like Kazar and Tarzan. But, uh, and everyone's wondering, because Marvel owns Kazar. Kazar is a character that has appeared in like Marvel Comics for years. He's really old too. But he is basically like Tarzan with boots on. He's loincloth, but with boots. <laughs> And he hangs around with, like, uh, a saber-toothed tiger and a chick that's like Sheena. She's called Shauna, She-Devil. And they even had a comic book of her uh, drawn by um, Frank Cho, who's best known for Liberty Meadows and drawing extremely well-endowed 
you know, thick leg, busty, breasty women in that in that comic strip. Well, you know, you need to have them be a lot stronger, especially if they're going to be having that kind of scenario. <laughs> right, right. Um, met him multiple times. He he was uh, he got into some controversy when he drew a Spider Woman cover, and the Spider Woman is like on all fours, and her ass is up in the air, and people like lost their minds, and people were, like, oh. and a lot, but more people came to his defense than people that were shunning him and being like, "Have you never fucking read a comic book by this guy?" <laughs> What were you expecting? <laughs> right, 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 right. That's all the notes I have here for this episode. Did you have anything else? No, you covered everything pretty well. Like we said, it's Stephen L. Frank is one of those writers that there's just not a lot on him. But, I mean, I love the quirky style that Benjamin had for this issue. And, I mean, it was perfect for Vlad and Kathy, though, too. Absolutely. It definitely fits right up there with them. Uh, they do encounter zombies off and on. I mean, slashes are pretty much zombies. I mean, Jason went from being like a hillbilly in the woods to a zombie by the sixth mm-hmm. film. And did you, by the way, see on the Friday the 13th Twitter page the bo- the pictures of the box set are arriving at people's homes? Yes, I did see that. Jealous? I am, because I ordered mine and I don't have it yet. Ah. Uh. I was going to say, our mail system is just so messed up right now. Like, Well, apparently, some... if you pre-order it from Screen Factory, you do get any pre-order from them two weeks before, like, Amazon or Target or Walmart would get their releases. So, it might be because of that, then. So, hopefully, you'll be receiving yours sometime soon. Definitely, definitely. And you can still pre-order it or order it yourself right now, um, everybody, including you as well, Tracy. Uh, go to ScreamFactory.com. You won't get the lithograph poster, but they definitely have plenty of the box sets left, and you can get them on Amazon or wherever. All 12 Friday the 13th movies in a 16-disc box set. I was going to say, definitely worth me looking into and getting, and I get paid this week, so that's even better. My next interview is asking me to reschedule. And that was your Mercy Sparks one, right? No, that that I did at five. Okay, so you did that one earlier. <sighs> no, this was a Tom Irvine. He's a special effects makeup artist that's worked on um, many films. You can look him up online. Um, Metal Beast was the most recent one I just watched, which you have to fucking look at the trailer for that movie. <laughs> Schlocky as shit. But he was one of the creature effects people on uh, Species. Oh, nice. I was going to say I love Species, so... Yeah, he 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 uh, helped design the the sill creature. Perfect. I was going to say so that will well whenever you do that interview, it'll definitely be a podcast that will be interesting to listen to. Yep, it'll actually be on Radio Horror. Even better. Yeah, um, I actually have now uh, been in contact with Natasha Hentrich's representatives to have her on the mm-hmm. show, so I can like propose you know my love and marriage to her. <laughs> <laughs> Should I avoid telling her how much I probably touched myself to her movies? Probably not something to bring her. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure if that was appropriate or not. So. I mean, she might find it funny. I don't know. Well, that's never happened to me before, and I've had plenty of porn stars on the show. Like, I just interviewed Tabitha Stevens. But Mitzi, 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 Mitzi Capture from Silk Stockings, I got to tell that I was, like, in Fatuated with her when I was a teenager in Silk Stockings it was on. And, you know, she asked me how old I was now, and I was like, I'm, I'm 29. And she's just like, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> and she's like 52. <laughs> she's like, oh, 
55, 55 or something like that. And she, but she, but she found it absolutely adorable that I was like, she was like one of my biggest crushes. And I love Silk Stockings. This is like a sexy detective show. You can watch, if you've never heard of it, there's probably trailers or episodes on YouTube to catch, to find out what I'm talking about. But it was a sexy detective show. Um, and she was one of the sexy Sounds detectives. Familiar. Yes, it's very 90s. Um, but uh, I got to, I got invited out to dinner with her when the convention was over. Because she had been on the show, and she really appreciated the interview. And she asked if I could come to dinner with her and her entourage, and I did. And I got to ride in the backseat of a limo with her. Where you're, like, probably inside going, I am just, like, (laughs) pounding my head with a mallet in a cartoon format inside my brain. Because I'm just, like, I'm in a backseat of a limo with a woman I was so fucking in love with in high school. Awesome though. <laughs> yeah. So, and she was very sweet. She like held my hand while she was talking. I was just like, oh my god! You oh my stop god! That. So, yeah, stop touching me! Melting <laughs> the whole time. Oh, you have no idea. So. Uh, I can imagine. Trust me. <laughs> and she was single too. Oh, damn. <laughs> so you were like, so where's this go? <laughs> so you uh, nightcap. <laughs> We're going to edit all this part of that on the podcast. <laughs> I figured. I figured as much. <laughs> all right. Pause real quick. So I know where to take the foot out of my mouth. So overall, this is a funny issue. It's very offbeat for Hackslash. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, I don't. I, off the top of my head, I'm not too sure about what the schedule is yet. But I believe I think we're going to be jumping on to um, Murder Messiah next. Or the, um, yeah, I believe it's going to be Murder Messiah, I think. Um, and we're creeping into the first issue of the Image Comics series. Now, there's a lot of weird issues with Hackslash that published at the same time, so we're going to try and cover them, like, a little bit at a time. We're not going to cover, like, issue one of this, issue one of that, issue one of that. I mean, some podcasts do that based on the publication dates. It's just really difficult. We're going to, like, do maybe an issue or two of the ongoing, then take a break and do, like, a mini-series or do a one-shot, like the, the Bomb Queen, which is a character I don't know anything about, but she, apparently she's, like, Tank Girl, but, like, a super villain on crack because she's she, all... She, that's the best way to describe her, actually. Oh, you do yeah. know who Bomb Queen is? Okay, because yeah, I've only read, like, one or two <laughs> issues, but she sounds like a psychopathic, rapist, sex fiend, crack addict, serial killer. <laughs> Because she just talks about fucking and killing like it's no thing. And she does what she wants and, and kills and fucks who she wants. And I remember reading that issue. So, yeah, I'll be ready for that one. Yeah, it's crazy Bomb Queen is like, or whatever. They say, they. I remember their article saying Bomb Queen is not an appropriate comic book to get published today. because, But it's like, but it's all about women and their sexuality, so that should be okay. But some people find it really offensive because she's just like this serial killer who glorifies in it and stuff like that. And she... She's known to murder children and things like that. And it's just like, that is the most bizarre, screwed-up comic book I have ever read. I've read the, a miniseries, and I read the one-shot with, with Cassie. Um, so uh, that will be interesting to get to. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode of Hackslash, uh, the Goth Girl, Horror, Goth Girl Horror, the Hackslash podcast. You can find me on Goth Girl Horror on Twitter and... And you can find me on Charcy Lux on Twitter or Charcy87 on Instagram. And you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and on the website RadioHorror.com. If you do go to Google Play or iTunes, please leave a rating, five stars, with a comment about why you love the episode, what episode you happen to be listening to. That would be fantastic. If you are a business and you'd like to sponsor this podcast, you can send us an email, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Again, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in.
Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. It serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 309-3416 or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well www.dorganramen.com Looking for a fight 